Hi everyone, Tiffany here with a super quick note that this podcast was recorded as part of a previous bundle season. That means that the dates that you're about to hear for the bundle, well, they're no longer correct. If you're interested in seeing what the dates are for this year's sale, please visit thebellydancebundle.com. There you'll find all the up-to-date information on our upcoming bundle. While the dates may be wrong and the class mentioned here isn't available through us any longer, many of our guests still have their courses available for purchase individually, so please do feel free to click through to their offerings and take a look. You're going to want to check it out after hearing how brilliant they are. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, Tiffany here from the Belly Dance Bundle, bringing you your second episode of the day. Siobhan Camille from Greenstone Belly Dance in the Netherlands is an exercise scientist and strength and conditioning coach turned belly dancer. This episode is so exciting to me. She is perfectly positioned to really help us get our bodies to the place where we can dance and perform from a place of strength and confidence. And I don't know about you, but there are times where that's definitely not how I feel when I'm trying to get up on Releve and stay there, right, during a dance move. So if you've been around the bundle for a couple of years, if you've if you've listened to me talk at any length about dance, um, you may know that I'm a big, big fan of cross-training. So Siobhan and I had such a good conversation today. I cannot wait for you to jump into this. Siobhan will be part of the lecture portion of this year's belly dance bundle, which I'm really excited to announce is expanded to the point where it's actually its own thing this year. So this year, instead of just a couple of lectures kind of snuck in there with all of the dance content, you can get the dance content, you can get the lecture content, or you can buy the complete belly dance bundle, which will have all of the dance classes and all of these amazing lectures in it. And everything goes on sale on October 21st. So keep that date in the back of your brains. We will be doing lectures over the course of the next six to seven months after the bundle uh, sale is completed. So what I'm really hoping is to start to form this community of belly dance bundlers who are coming back together again and again to learn together and explore all these different facets of our dance. It's super exciting, but for now, let's get on with the show. Hello dancers and welcome to Yala Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. Today we're here with Siobhan Camille. Siobhan, welcome to the podcast and to the bundle. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. The best part um, for me, at least, uh, with you being part of the bundle is that this year there are several dancers who in the past couple of years, you know, we've been running the 21 Days of Belly Dance now for uh, two years. This will be the third year. And you did 21 Days both times. I did it last year. I'd done it the year before, but last year I did every day. Okay. So the year before you hadn't, didn't quite do all the days, but you were still no. involved. And that's what is yes. so cool to me is that like someone who was a part of the belly dance bundle community that was mm. involved came in and like now you're part of the bundle. And like, to me, that's super exciting. Super yeah. exciting. 
since this is your first time on the podcast, mm -hmm. can you give us a little bit of your background? How did you get into belly dance? What, you know, how did it take over your life? Because it just, sure. it does that. It does. <laughs> it certainly does. Um, well, I actually started belly dancing after a sporting injury. So um, I used to do a crazy sport called adventure racing. Um, it's kind of like triathlon, but it's in the mountains. So um, you navigate yourself, you do mountain running, mountain biking, kayaking. Um, and they're usually pretty long races. So they fall into the ultra endurance category. Um, but I was really young. I was in high school and at that point, because I was young and just really enthusiastic, I trained and trained and trained and trained and trained and knew nothing about uh, periodization or rest days or looking after my body. And so I ended up being told that I couldn't run um, after an injury and I had to find some low impact exercise alternative for a while. And I just happened across uh, an ad in my little sister's school newsletter for a belly dance class. Um, and I went along with a friend and I loved it. I don't really remember what I was expecting out of the class, but I loved it and I stuck with it. And probably within a, about a year, I was really, really obsessed. Um, <laughs> and that was about a decade ago. So that was, yeah, that was how I got into belly dance. And it's just grown from there. Yeah. So as part of as part of the bundle this year you are putting in um, a lecture you're part of the lecture bundle putting in dance strong improved performance and injury prevention for belly dancers which i'm super excited about because several years ago i sustained uh, a dance injury to my ankles that i mean it hurt for years so i'm really big on people taking care of their bodies especially their ankles anybody comes to me and have the tiniest bit of ankle pain i'm like you stop dancing you stop dancing right now <laughs> So can you tell us a little bit about this, this lecture that you'll be giving and kind of how, how this has become part of what you do as a dancer? Sure. Um, so maybe I should give a little bit of background on uh, my, my other life other than belly dance as well then. So um, I'm an exercise scientist and I started off in exercise prescription and looking specifically at uh, athletic injury. So I was working with um, athletes uh, pretty much doing what's called a, a job called strength and conditioning coach. So you work with athletes to help them reach their goals, really, to make them uh, as fit as they need for their sport. But I was also specifically at university working in athletic injury, and I did my uh, thesis on injury in belly dancers. So um, I looked at risk factors for injury and also injury incidents in uh, 109 belly dancers, um, which was super interesting, um, but also super stressful. And I said I'd never do academia again. And then I went off and did a master's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, where I got into the, the dance injury side. And then I went off after that and did my master's in rehabilitation science because I was really interested in um, exercise as a rehabilitation tool so specifically movement as a rehab tool um so yeah i i was particularly interested because i found that there was this 
discussion in the belly dance community or not discussion this notion and factions of the belly dance community that belly dance is really healing and safe it was kind of this you know this faction of the, yes, the belly you hear dance that community. all the time yeah like it's it's kind of this whole um it links in a little bit to this orient orientalist stuff and the stuff around like the goddess thing um but I was kind of like, there's been no research on this. Like, we don't know if people get injured from belly dance. And when I was talking to some dancers in the community about it, some people were really defensive, which was really interesting. So I wanted to go off and do the research. Um, and yeah, we did a 12 month retrospective study. So we were looking at dancers and if they'd sustained injuries within the previous 12 months directly as a result of belly dance. And we found that 25% of dancers had, and most of these dancers were just recreational dancers. So dancers that come along and dance for fun. Um, yeah, and we got a lot of information around the injury sites as well. And so because I was already working in this area of um, exercise prescription and rehab, I was really interested in how do we make ourselves stronger for our dance so that we avoid these injuries, but we also perform better absolutely i feel like i've circled around and maybe not fully answered your question did no I something? <laughs> no i think you you absolutely did answer because it it's it's how you got you know to creating this lecture and how mm. this is part of what you do as a dancer and yep. it, it's so important because so i sprained the interior of my ankle during a samba class mm -hmm. because i was wearing um i had i still had on my ballet shoes from wow. my belly dance class like that had like literally just happened and I was sobbing and my foot just slipped out, right? Because I had the, the slickness on the pads. And it took me six years and several like visits to different people and PT yeah. and like all this stuff to figure out for someone to just tell me that the ligaments in my ankle had been overstretched and I needed to strengthen my ankles yeah. to like support the ligaments. And as soon as I started doing that, right? As soon as I started to become stronger for my dance, the pain that I had in my ankles disappeared. And suddenly I could go back on releve and I could start to do more of that kind of work. Um, so I'm, I'm a big proponent of what you're talking about and cross training, you know, so that we can show up for our dance because you can't expect your body to like do all these crazy things that we expect it to do without the strength needed to do them yes absolutely and again um it's this this kind of comes back into some of the discourse around the dance sometimes of it being like so naturally feminine but when we look at these things that we do in belly dance they're really uh abnormal sometimes like you wouldn't ever do a three-quarter shimmy walking down the street right like unless you had learned it like <laughs> so we are putting ourselves into um not necessarily like an injurious uh, practice, but we're putting ourselves into um, things that we wouldn't do usually in daily life. So we want to be strong enough to do those things. Absolutely. As, as part of your research, when you were, you were looking at these different injuries and, and what people had sustained, what were some of the most common things that you saw coming out of, out of belly dance and, and portions of the body that, that were more likely to be injured through this dance? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I should mention again as well that it was only 109 dancers, so it's Absolutely. not the hugest sample size, size in the world, and at the moment it's the only study that's been done, um, so it would be great to do more. 
but um, the most common injuries were lower limb injuries and out of the lower limb injuries, the most common injury was injury site rather was the knee. Um, and then the second most common injuries were in the trunk area and the most common injury site was the low back. Mm. So knees were most common. Um, and the, the really interesting actually, interesting thing was um, I did this study with a little bit of help from the um, Middle Eastern Dance Association of New Zealand, because in case listeners haven't realized from my accent, I'm from New Zealand, <laughs> um, <laughs> not Australia. Um, and so the way Medans, the Middle Eastern Dance Association of New Zealand, the way Medans separates their members just for kind of their own uh, internal purposes is they have beginner, intermediate, advanced, I believe. And advanced, they actually look at in terms of what we'd call their training age. So they've been dancing for more than four years. So we separated some of the data to look at whether, whether or not there was differences between dancers who had been dancing for more than four years versus less than four years. Mm. And the super interesting thing was dancers who had been dancing for less than four years were actually much less likely to have a lower limb injury than the advanced dancers were. So the, in a way, younger dancers in terms of their dancing age were more likely to have the low back injuries. Um, and we were hypothesizing that this could potentially be, we talk about um, dropout in, in dance and sport and how some people drop out of a sport or a dance form just because essentially it doesn't agree with their body. They're mm -hmm. the ones who end up getting injured all the time and they end up going and doing something else. And so we wondered if the reason why we're seeing younger dancers, and sorry, when I say younger, I'm talking training age, so they've been dancing for less than four years. We're wondering if the reason we see them with more lower back injuries rather than lower limb injuries um, compared to the advanced dancers is because their bodies are not yet used to these uh, isolations that happen around the torso. Um, and also perhaps they, they haven't dropped out because it didn't agree with their body yet. So I wonder if they go on to be advanced, like if they don't drop out, mm. if they go on to be advanced dancers that, because I, I know several dancers who have had lower back pain throughout the whole way through. The whole way through and like, I wonder if those are the same people that just yeah. the, the dropout didn't happen to. Yeah, that would be interesting to know as well. They're just so <laughs> addicted to the dance. They stay on. But that's the thing as well. Like, I, um, I think sometimes the reason, you know, most people are super interested in this and they're like, oh, they're sharing their stories. But as I said, sometimes I meet some resistance, actually, when I talk to people about injury and belly dance. And I think it's because we love this dance form so much and we want to convert everyone to it. Mm -hmm. We're like a, we're like a happy cult. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you Absolutely. know, so people don't like hearing that there could be like a negative side. But I mean, there's an injury risk in walking. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't belly dance because right. it could be injurious, you know, like then it would be like, I mean, you couldn't even say stay home and do nothing because staying home and doing nothing is really bad for your body as well. So I, it's more that I think it gives us knowledge to then, like we were saying before, strengthen those areas that we need to, to potentially prevent injuries and also just help rehabilitate them. So I would assume then that cross-training is something that you're really, really big into. 
I'm so big on cross training. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, and, uh, you know, I think some people kind of get scared by that term as well, because um, sometimes those of us who are in dance are people that might not like other forms of activity. And that's why we've chosen dance, you know, because it's a creative outlet. Maybe some people don't like running or they don't like weight training or whatever, but um, I hate running. Oh, I love running, <laughs> but that's okay. You don't need to, you don't need to like running at all. You know, I'll just ride a um, bike everywhere. If I have to like, run places. <laughs> Perfect. Um, that's actually my main form of cross training. Now it's cycling because I live in the Netherlands and I use it to commute for my work. So, you know, I've still got a huge amount of um, weight training in there, but the main thing is cycling and dance. So cycling's great too. It's great for people's knees, but um, actually, this made me think, gosh, I, I heard this on a podcast recently. They were, do you know the book Range? Mm -mm, I do not. Oh, I'll try to find out who wrote it because I can't think of it off the top of my head on, on this interview. We'll um, put it in the, we'll put it in, in the, the show podcast. notes. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Range is, um, it's this book by this guy about um, essentially how it's important to have uh, experience in a range of things before you specialize and being a, a generalist is more valuable than a specialist in a lot of areas and this is something that we've known for years in sport as well like we see it in children um if they specialize too early they tend to drop out or burn out of sport um and they talked about in this podcast interview with the author Cirque du Soleil they apparently at one point I think it was in the last few years for a study required their artists and athletes to learn a different piece. So let's say you're an acrobat and you're usually doing something that's, you know, they have the, I don't know the names for these people. They're, <laughs> they have like the climbing things and then they have like the people who do the more artistic stuff. They would make them learn a different routine that was not in their discipline. And then when they compared the data, the, the, the way that it benefited them in terms of reducing injury rates was so astounding to them as their company that it's now compulsory. So all artists have to learn a routine that they won't even perform just wow. to get the cross training in. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to read this book. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, and I'll try to find the podcast as well. Cause this podcast interview with him was super interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, I was talking about my ankle injuries and that's kind of how I got into cross training mm -hmm. for real as I, I needed to start my the PT told me he was like your ankles aren't strong enough to hold up your yeah. body you shouldn't be dancing in the first place mm -hmm. <laughs> he was like dancers always have the best injuries it's what he <laughs> told me <laughs> um so I started weight training mm -hmm. and I thought I would hate it mm -hmm. right just like you said like I I'm in dance because I don't necessarily you know at the time at least I didn't enjoy other forms of exercise like yeah it was, a, it was a great way to do something, but also just dance, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Um, but I started weight training as a result of that, that PT visit and, and that like throwaway statement almost that he made at me. Yeah. And Good, I love I'm glad it. He made that statement. <laughs> right. Me too. He like changed, he changed everything because I was yeah. dealing with, it was, it was a problem. Like it was, it was hard to do yoga. Like it was hard to do anything because your ankle is like so just like your knees and like all those like joints are just so intrinsic yeah. to everything you do but for sure and there's a um 
there's something we talk about actually when it comes to injury and it's ligament dominance. So, um, and I'm also surprised by the number of people who seem to think that this is the way it should be. So the main stabilizers of your joint should be muscles. They should be the main stabilizers. That's why we want them to be strong. They help protect our joints and keep them in place. The ligaments are there as kind of the backup. So if you're really weak, then the ligaments have to take all the load. This is ligament dominance. Um, and so I'm, I'm always kind of surprised when people are so like, oh, oh really, that could help? When, when, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but I mean, I also forget I've been doing this for years. So, you know, it's, right. there's, there's so much value in this for people. It's the little things like that, that become normal to you that yes. everyone else, like just has never thought of. Yeah, right? for sure. So for sure. What, so you said knees and lower back, right? Were the yeah. two that you saw. Yeah. What for people who are practicing at home today and they're like, okay, mm -hmm. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try this cross training thing. Maybe I'll try and do, I'll add in a couple of exercises into my warm up. Go right? you is what I say. Go but you. What are some things that people can start to do to mitigate these, these common injuries that you see to add just a little tiniest bit of cross training yeah. into a warm up, a practice? Yeah. Something like and I, I highly recommend adding it into the warm ups, actually. That's what I do for all of my classes that I teach because. For me, with my background, I can't teach my students with a clear conscience and not give them any strength training for the dance. So, yeah. <laughs> so we always do strength in the warm-up. I believe um, that. So, uh, yeah, if you're thinking about knees, well, for any joint, you want to think about training the muscles that cross the joint. That's, that's essentially the most important thing. So if you're not sure, it's pretty... It's, it's pretty easy to look up on Google and see what those big muscles are that cross those joints. And I think a lot of belly dancers also have some sort of fitness certification or know someone who does, so chat to someone. But for knees, um, actually also helpful for ankles, calf raises, because the calf crosses the knee joint. So calf raises, which is essentially releve, coming up and down. Um, lunges, so lunges work your quadriceps, the front of your thigh. Um, the quadriceps is super important because it helps keep your patella, which is your kneecap, tracking properly in the femoral groove. So that's the groove of your big uh, thigh bone. So that's really important for kneecap stability. Um, if lunges don't work for you, you can always do squats or wall sits. Wall sits are often working really well for people who don't uh, find lunges agree with their knees. They're not the most fun in the world necessarily, or maybe they're super fun depending on your outlook. Um, and then the other thing would be, I, so belly dance is quite a quad dominant dance mm -hmm. because we are always so soft in our knees. We're, we're always a little bit flexed. Um, the quads are usually working quite hard. So of course we want the quads to be strong, but then the trouble is if we're not strengthening the hamstrings to make up for the fact that our quads are so dominant in belly dance, then we can end up with strength imbalances that can also lead to injury. And again, the hamstrings crosses the knee joint. So hamstrings is super important. So for at home, if you're doing some body weight stuff, things like hip bridges, so feet flat on the ground, shoulders on the ground, squeeze your butt, lift the hips up and down. Easy way to make that harder is to just lift one leg off the ground and do a one-legged bridge lift. They're so hard. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> That's my favorite exercise, but they're yeah. so hard. Yeah, and they're really, right, these are ones as well. You, you start with like 
a few reps and you're like, huh, that's okay. And then you start feeling it, which is nice. Um, so those would be the, the three kind of starting points for knees. Um, gluteus medius is also really important. And I've noticed more and more belly dancers talking about this muscle recently. Yes, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting because um, about... There's this, there's this stat, it, it has actually been researched, it's in a paper somewhere, I don't remember it, but it's about um, how long it takes for research to actually be disseminated and used in, mm. in medical uh, society and also just in society in general. Um, because glute mead was like really hot in the research about 10 years ago. And they were looking at how glute mead was really helping with um, preventing your knees from collapsing inward, which puts a lot of pressure on the knee joint um, and a whole lot of other lower limb injuries. So we've got three glute muscles, gluteus maximus, gluteus medius, gluteus minimus. Um, and your glute med is one that, like I say, stops your knee from collapsing inward so far. For that, that's where um, some of these booty bands that you can buy can be helpful. Um, and things like one-legged squats if you want to get really excited. But let's maybe stick with those first three ones <laughs> just for now. Those, these, for glute meat, it's a little harder to explain over a podcast call. Yeah, but, I, um, love, I yeah. like the idea of just like starting small, right? Just exactly. like any, any habit that you're building, just yes. like 21 days of belly dance, right? All of this stuff is you start small and you build it up. So like if you're the kind of person you're listening to this and you're like, Tiffany, Siobhan, I hate squats you're both nuts. Okay. <laughs> I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I've been there, <laughs> but maybe just do a couple. Yeah. Like, like do two today oh. and then tomorrow do three and then yes. next week do five, you know, and it's, I think a lot of times we hate things and we don't like doing them because they're like, we're, we feel like we're bad at them. Yes, for sure. And, I think especially with body weight and weightlifting, when you start, if you're in that mindset, if that's kind of how you're thinking about it, like, oh, I can't lift this or, oh, mm -hmm. I can't do that many reps of this thing, then this little button goes off in your brain, right? And it's like, oh, you're bad at this. You're not strong enough. This sucks. Like, mm -hmm. this is no good. But if you can twist that to just be like, I only did two, that's great. Yeah. Like, I that's awesome. And then you can build on it. And then it's, then it becomes fun because then you can do it and it's, it starts to change the, the story that you're telling yourself about your relationship with body weight exercises. And that's, Absolutely. that's so key to it. So please just start. <laughs> yes, just start. And I, I am such a big proponent of, um, any, like some, some weight training is better than none at all. Like I have some people that will come to me and they just do it once a week because they know they're not going to do it by themselves. But I'm like, you are doing so much more for your body just by doing it once a week than not doing it at all. You know, and it's the same thing. If you just want to do five minutes at the start of your dance practice, you know, you still need to make it a focused five minutes, but you will see the difference. Yes. So please add it into your, add it into your warmups, everybody. <laughs> we implore you. Siobhan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I'm really, really excited to dive into this lecture with you because I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a uh, very informative, like for me personally, like 
I'm really excited about everybody else getting into, but like for me personally, I'm like, this is my jam. Like I really, I really want to learn more about this and how I can not only help myself and my body with my dance, but help my students. Absolutely. And like take this knowledge and, and embody it more in the way that I teach and the way that I talk about dance just on a, on a day-to-day level. Yay. I'm excited. Yeah. And in the, in the lecture, I'm, you know, people will see me too. So I'm actually going to give some examples of things that people can take away and use. So that'll be great for using with students and in home practice as well. Awesome. So for your challenge on the 21 days of belly dance, you are having people do something that I know is very common in, right. In other, in other disciplines and that's to keep track of their dance practice. Can you tell us a little bit about why you're asking people to do this? Yes, absolutely. So this is a really good way for you to see uh, when you need a rest day, when you need some recovery, which is really important for preventing injury, because I know we love this dance and sometimes we just dance and dance and dance and dance. Um, Even if we're, for example, we have an ankle injury like someone I know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's really important for seeing patterns. Sometimes it's a little bit like, uh, you know, hindsight is golden. You realize but after you've had an injury that you'd repeated over and over, I was really tired today. I was really sore. I felt this. I felt this. But in that respect as well, if you're keeping a diary over a longer period, you can see these patterns and go, ah, maybe it's time to take a little break. The other thing I really like is, um, for example, uh, if you go and do something like a weekend intensive which uh, I know we're not really going anywhere right now, but there are online intensives. (laughs) So maybe you've got a big weekend of dance. And if you keep track of how you feel, often when you do a slightly uh, larger amount of belly dance, so let's say you're usually only doing a couple of hours a week or whatever it is for you, and then you spend this weekend doing three to four hours a day, you might have sore muscles that you might not usually have. And that for me is a really good way for me to go, ah, these are the muscles that I need to strengthen. So Ooh. it's more information from that side as well. Um, but yeah. not if you don't keep track of it. Exactly. Exactly. You need to keep track. Awesome. Well, everyone, if you want to start tracking your practice, you can check out uh, Siobhan's video for the 21 Days of Belly Dance. It is out today. So you can head over to the Belly Dance Bundle Instagram and start you know, get a little notebook, start tracking what you're doing through the rest of the 21 days. We put this one at the top on purpose Yay. <laughs> for that very, for that very reason. Siobhan, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about all of this with us and, and giving us some tips to, to protect our bodies and to be stronger in our dance. Can you tell people where they can work with you if they're super interested in this or if they have an injury that they, they want some help with? or they want to take classes with you. Tell us, tell us about your presence on the internet. Yes, I will. So um, as you know, my name is Siobhan Camille. I run Greenstone Belly Dance, which is a belly dance school in the Netherlands, but I am teaching online as well. So I have weekly online dance classes. So if you want to come in and sneak in just five minutes of strength training at the beginning of your class, I always have that. Um, but as well, I offer something called Dance Strong. I write, which is also the name of my lecture, I write personalized strength and conditioning programs for dancers. I focus specifically on improving your performance and also injury rehab. So if there's something in particular you want to overcome, you can come to me for a personalized program. 
and coming soon, there's going to be a six week challenge. So if you're not interested in a personalized program, if you'd prefer to follow something with a group, that's going to be coming up online soon. So I'm greenstonebellydance.com and you'll find me on Instagram at greenstonebellydance. And I'm on all social media. So if you look up Greenstone Belly Dance on anything else, you'll probably find me. Awesome. I can't wait for this challenge too. Cool. I'm very, I'm very excited about everything yeah. that you're doing. <laughs> Great. I'm, I'm excited too. So that's good. Works well. <laughs> so we're ending the podcast this year on a, on a humorous note. Mm-hmm. And I would like to ask you where oh, is <laughs> place that you have ever danced? Say that again. Where's the strangest place that you've ever danced? Oh, gosh, I've got to think about this. You know, I feel like there's a great story that I'm not thinking of. I don't know. I don't know if I can tell you. That's totally fine. We all, we, we had, um, one of us, I don't, the podcast will be later on. So I've already recorded this one, but it's coming out in the future. People who are, Uh we were talking about, um, how all of us, like who hasn't danced down the grocery store aisle, Oh, you know, (laughs) like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then do you know (laughs) what I am thinking of actually that I hadn't thought of is, uh, the Metro in Montreal, because I was getting, I used to live in Montreal (laughs) and I have this great photographer there. And if I ever go back, I always have shoots with him. And last year, um, he, I was like, you know, I just need something different. And he was like, let's do some photos inside a Metro. Like, you know, you get in the train, (laughs) like not just like on the Metro, like in the train. And, uh, definitely some cameras came out while I was dancing there. (laughs) Siobhan going viral in Canada. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Siobhan. And thank you so much for being part of this year's lecture bundle. I am so stoked. I'm so stoked. And you and Uh, you and me are going to talk we're going to talk injury prevention plans after we're done here recording. Sounds so good. <laughs> uh, anybody who is listening, you can check out all of those links to all of the places Siobhan is on the internet. Plus we'll have that book that she mentioned range. Once we do a little fact check and figure out who the author is, we'll put that up on the podcast notes page so you can check it all out. Thank you so much for listening today and I will talk to you tomorrow. I seriously can't wait for this lecture. I'm not supposed to play favorites, but this may be one of mine. As a dancer who feels like I will always be mitigating my old injuries, this is absolutely something that I am so cognizant about when I'm dancing or doing anything physical. So having someone that sits at the crux of exercise science, rehabilitation, conditioning, and belly dance, it's like she can see into my body and into exactly what I want to be able to do with it and then tell me how I can cross train effectively and work with myself to continue to dance for years and years to come. Because I don't know how many of you have ever had to explain to a physical therapist or anybody, you know, what you do as a belly dancer and have them kind of maybe give you advice that might work, right? Like sometimes you just need someone who can, who knows all of the things so they can put it in just the right context. And I really feel like Siobhan 
you know, occupies that space, which is so amazing and great for me personally, and I hope for many of you listening today. Um, if you're interested in working with Siobhan, I highly suggest you check her out. Um, reach out. She's a fountain of knowledge. You can find all of the notes for today's episode, including where to contact her, how to find her on social media at www.thebellydancebundle.com slash 32. If you're participating in the 21 Days of Belly Dance Challenge during the month of October here in 2020, then make sure to check out Siobhan's bonus challenge, which is running. We, we launched it today, but it's actually something that you will be doing over the course of the rest of the 21 days. It's got its own prizes. Um, it's super exciting. So make sure to check that out. So I will see you either on Instagram or in the belly dance bundle, but really why not both? So go add some conditioning exercises to your warm up, and I will talk to you tomorrow. 